Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. So I was in the shower. I was cleaning my ass and making all shirts off sparkly. Thank you, clean. I'm not the funny one. I'm the pretty one. Cock shots. <laughs> <laughs> I just checked myself out. The glory holds like a, a like dick theater. I've imagined your friends. Which means your pants had better come off. Mama needs playtime. Uh, we're not sluts. We just love love. Hello, 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 everyone out in podcast land. Welcome back here another week at By the By. Hello, we're back. Yes. You couldn't keep us down for long? That's right. I mean, we're still limping along. I mean, yeah, you can probably tell in our voices. It's, it's not quite gone yet, but we're, we're doing good. So, we are. Yeah. We're better. Yeah. Or at least on the upward better. <laughs> uh, we have a pendulum party this friday so if you're Yay. listening to this on the wednesday it comes out we it's just you know like two more sleeps cannot wait so excited yeah so march uh, 25th yes see the next pendulum party it is going to be 80s themed yes so if you are feeling like you want to get in touch with your 80s self come dressed in theme even a little that's right yeah yeah and if you were going to get in touch with Angela's 80s self, you have to be there. <laughs> Very true. Uh, yeah, looking forward to that. That's exciting. And then the next pendulum after that will be in May, and that will be May 27th. Yes, well done. What do you know? You're learning dates and numbers. Numbers are sticking in my head. <laughs> yeah, very excited. That's going to be a lot of good fun as well. Anything else we have going on? I'm trying to think. It's It feels like it's been forever because my brain is no working no good <laughs> right now still and so like time is but a construct that uh-huh. i uh-huh. i struggle with <laughs> well those are the two main things coming up excellent yes excellent uh, also anybody who's around easter weekend there is going to be a biconic party on oh, that yeah. easter sunday so we're going to be headed to that yeah we'll be there yep that'll be and, fun and that one is also a dress up one as a bicon so you're supposed to dress up as your favorite bicon I'm going to go as uh, Bradford from <laughs> By the By Podcast. <laughs> um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's right. uh, that's who I will be. I'll have to figure somewhere, out what I do. Somewhere we have t-shirts that say the funny one. We do. Uh, the pretty one. Yeah. I don't know where they are. No, we'll have to find those. Yeah. Yep. Cool. All right. So that's what we've got going on at the moment. Yeah. Woohoo. Are you ready to get into this podcast? Oh, my God. I, yeah. I'm, I'm so glad that you're taking charge because- Again, me, no think, no good. Mm-hmm. Well, this was one that I did a little bit of research on while we were just, you know, laying around in COVID land because, I don't know, what else do you do? <laughs> Sleep. I slept a lot. It's great. I did too, but in between I like woke up and, and looked at things. <laughs> uh, so what I started thinking about was, and I know we've talked about the Kinsey scale on here before, like in the way, 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 way back machine. Yep. So many people may not have 
heard that or remember that because it was a very long time ago. But there are also other scales, other systems that people have used in the past, still use to some degree to try and categorize sexuality. So I wanted to kind of go through and discuss both the Kinsey scale again and then what a few of these other ones are. And I think ultimately what it highlights to me is just how difficult it is to try to categorize sexuality and gender. And we did one on the gender bred person. Yes. A long time ago as well, not getting into that here because we had a whole episode dedicated to that. But yeah, it's really difficult, even though we as humans really like to categorize things (laughs) and we like to label things. But I mean, that being said, there is no need to label oneself or to put oneself into any of these categories. But I think it does just kind of help us really understand how diverse sexuality is and gender is and why it's so hard for us to try and and put people into buckets and why you really can't put people in buckets. Um, And yet we still want to be bucketed. I know. (laughs) But again, and we'll talk about this as we go along, but all of these scales and all of these, the the studies that led to these advanced our knowledge and our understanding and awareness of sexuality in some degree. So they were all good along the way in their, in their time. We just kind of have to, you know, remember that as we go. We can start with Kinsey scale. All right. Because it was the first. Yep. Um, Zero to six. Well, I was going to say, before we actually get into the Kinsey scale, I will say that there are more than 200 scales to measure and describe sexual orientation, which is a ridiculous number. And and that alone highlights how difficult it is. Uh, Are some of them like metric, the metric (laughs) scale, but then you've got the, the, the American imperial scale. So like, you know, three penises is, (laughs) is a schlong. Right. (laughs) <laughs> you know, I think it's something like that. Yeah, I'm somewhere. I'm somewhere at the at the two testicles and uh, three breasts category. Yeah, yeah, something like that. So we're going to start with the Kinsey scale. Okay. So it was developed by predominantly Dr. Alfred Kinsey. It's named after, but also Wardell Pomeroy, and I may not say that correctly, and Clyde Martin. Okay. So they were all part of it. Clyde's not a name you hear much anymore. It's really not, is and it? Wardell. Wardell. W a r d e l l. W-A-R-D-E-L. That was the fellow's first name? Mm. Wardell. I like yeah. that. Yeah. I wonder if he had a nickname like Wari or Dello. Dello. If he was Australian, Waro. Oi, Waro, mate. Hey. <laughs> Where are you on this scale? Sorry. Um, okay. So the anyway, the Kinsey scale was first developed to show that people are not strictly homosexual or strictly heterosexual. Okay. And it was first published in- the Was it the earliest- as far as I can tell. Okay. Because he is known as the father of sexual revolution, right? So he's the one who really brought all of this to the forefront and maybe the first to have publicized it and really gotten it recognized, I guess. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was so the Kinsey scale was first published in Sexual Behavior in the Human Male in 1948. It was then also published in The Sexual Behavior of the Human Female in 1953. Those two collectively are known as the Kinsey Reports. Oh, yeah. I've heard of that. I have heard yeah. of those. Okay. So that's those two together. He studied wasps. I think that's where he started his studies. Really? Near certain. I remember we watched something about this the, ages the, ago. What was that? Um, it's the movie, Kinsey, with yeah. um, oh, people at home are screaming. <laughs> it's uh, uh, Qui-Gon Jinn. <laughs> <laughs> How come I can fucking remember that name? Fucking random <laughs> syllables, but I can't actually remember. You've got my daughter. I have a certain set of skills. That guy. Liam Neeson. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> Jonathan Lithgow was in my head and I was like, no, 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 that's yeah, the no. that's the third rock from the sun guy. 
That's funny. Anyway, sorry. Uh, okay, sorry. yeah, yeah. So the Kinsey reports, they, like, again. Oh, sorry, really quick. That Where that came from was, the, I think that's in that movie, they talk about them studying wasps. Oh, okay. Yeah, Maybe sorry. that was why, yeah. Because I remember we, we did a bit of research on it before, like yeah. a long, long time ago. Uh, so, yeah, so the Kinsey reports were what really kind of changed public perception on sexuality. And so, again, it, it's just highlighting and bringing these things to the forefront and, and making it known and making it public and getting people thinking about it. And they might be talking about it and it might be, talking about it in a negative way, but at least it's, yeah. you know, exposure. Yeah. Yeah. So the Kinsey scale was developed by interviewing like thousands of people about their sexual histories. So it was predominantly looking at behavior. So thoughts and feelings towards the same or opposite sex were not consistent with time. And so they're basically just looking at behavior more than anything else. Okay. What it was looking at. And so it assigned people along a seven point scale, like you said, from, oh, seven point yes, it was from zero seven. to six. Oh, so well, zero yeah, right. counts as one, right? And then there was an additional. Zero counts as zero. <laughs> Are we going to ask uh, Siri zero divided by zero? <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Uh, and also that if you do ask Siri, what is zero divided by zero? It works much better on the American Siri, yeah. the Australian Siri, probably UK. I don't know. Why does Cookie Monster want biscuits? Fuck you. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. <laughs> but there's also an additional category of X. So the scaling was zero was exclusively heterosexual. One is predominantly heterosexual, only incidentally homosexual. Oops, we bumped penises. <laughs> Two is predominantly heterosexual, but more than incidentally homosexual. Oh, look at that. That's a penis. <laughs> I think I like that. Three is heterosexual and homosexual. Yep, dad's a penis. <laughs> it's in my mouth. <laughs> Four is predominantly homosexual, but more than incidentally heterosexual. Bitch, I don't like your taco. Well, okay, maybe a little. Come here. <laughs> Five is predominantly homosexual, only incidentally heterosexual. I saw a taco once. <laughs> it wasn't bad. <laughs> Six is exclusively homosexual. Tacos scare me. <laughs> and then X was no sociosexual contacts or reactions. Okay. And at the time, Kinsey recognized that the seven categories can't fully capture everybody's sexuality. But again, it's a scale and it's a starting point and it, it's something to go from. It was it was the 40s and we didn't have scales that were larger than six points, <laughs> seven points. It Which, was it a lot was, of people don't realize that it wasn't until 1960 that we got scales that had 10 points. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, I mean, it was one of the the first attempts to kind of look at like the fluidity of human behavior, right? And, to, and sexuality. So that people aren't just strictly homosexual, heterosexual, that there are categories in between and that, you know, we can't be like put into these two single buckets kind of thing. Right. Um, but again, it doesn't count for differences between romantic and sexual orientation. So you can be romantically attracted to people that you maybe haven't had sex with and mm. whatever kind of thing. So it doesn't really account for that. Doesn't really account for asexuality. The X category is the closest thing where there's no sociosexual contact or reaction, but it doesn't also really count for people who are asexual that have had sex. So, right. you know, anyway, so again, it's not perfect. And to people that categorize themselves, say as a three, so the midpoint on the Kinsey scale may actually behave and may feel differently. So, but again, that's, you know, for right. all self categorizing, then that's going to be. Right. We're, we're self-selecting. So your three might be different than my three yeah. might be different than it's like when you like on grinder, when guys say they they're hung, like yeah. hung can be six inches, hung can be 12 inches. It just depends. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. Cause and then all... one time I met this guy named hung and I was like, Oh, <laughs> that's actually your last name. He was like, yes. All right. That's, that's actually funny. <laughs> You're clever. 
Yeah. But again, like you said, we're, we're self-selecting and putting ourselves into these categories. So it's based upon our perceptions. And right. I guess in the Kinsey, in the actual Kinsey reports, they were interviewing people. So they were categorizing them all similarly, I would assume. Yeah. Based upon what people said. Yeah. I guess, you know, again, that's kind of the first well-known scale to kind of start trying to figure out what sexuality is and how we're going to categorize ourselves, how we describe it to people. But it does have its flaws, obviously. Of course. And I'm going to go ahead and make a speculation that none of these scales are going to be perfect. Oh, no. It's going to go back to the white, find the one that works for you. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And again, the Kenzie scale does imply that the more you're attracted to one gender, the less you're attracted to another gender. Right. And that's not... Oh, that's really, a really always because right because it's, it's like right, yeah. heterosexual homosexual so it means that as you go you only down have a hundred go up another yeah. yeah so you can be fifty fifty or seventy thirty yeah yeah or sixty nine thirty one yeah uh, but that is a very good point it it goes back down to that thing that we've said before on this podcast which is love is not a finite resource no yeah I mean you love a lot of people in your life why can I not just love them all right now I know right yeah. <laughs> I love everybody. But I guess the problem is I only have two holes. <laughs> you can love and people. two hands. You can love people when they're not filling your holes, Bradford. <laughs> it's just harder. <laughs> this is my love language is hole. <laughs> your your love language is holeful. Holeful. I was gonna say my love language is glazed. <laughs> But fortunately, I didn't say that. Well, you did now. <laughs> I want that on a T-shirt. My love language is glazed. We can make this happen. It's, it's going to happen. Don't worry. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm okay. I'm okay. <clears throat> Go ahead. Okay. <laughs> Please continue. Well, I'm glad to see that COVID didn't break your sense of humor. <laughs> oh, okay. Dog actually came over to check on me. I was laughing so hard. <laughs> Are you all right? (laughs) Bitch, you're not that funny. (laughs) There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Plushcare.com slash weight loss. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Uh, okay, so then moving on to the next one. It's the Klein sexual orientation grid. So I, I was like, literally, if you had asked me what the next one would be, I was going to say something like Klein filter or Klein something. Cause okay. I know it was, um, I guess I'm inclined to remember that, uh, um, uh, uh. but yes, I have heard of this one. This is the bi-directional one, right? It's, it's a grid. Um, it's complex. Aren't we all? <laughs> So this one was developed in 1978 by a psychiatrist and sex researcher, Dr. Fritz Klein. So it is... That's a good name too, Fritz. I know. I know. That one easily is like, hey, Fritzy. Yeah. You know, his, his partner's called him Fritzy. Aww. 
Anyway. <laughs> so he expanded the idea of the Kinsey scale to include past experiences, present, and future desires. Oh, okay. But still all sexual, not relationship or romantic, I should say. Well, generally, we'll get there. It does. It's more than just physical because it does take into account fantasies and emotions and that kind of thing. As okay, well. okay. Present is considered within the past 12 months, so the past year, and then past is, of course, well beyond that. And then future or the ideal is what you think you want for future. Okay. But it does add in some some social and psychological dimensions, so it's not just physical. Uh, but also, while we're talking about Fritz Klein, Mr. Fritzy. Fritzy. <laughs> probably shouldn't. He may not like that. I don't know. Uh, anyway. He's probably dead. <laughs> yeah, but still, we should honor him by using his full proper name that he probably didn't like at the time, but you know, who knows? Um, <laughs> Dr. Fritz Klein. <laughs> he founded the American Institute of Bisexuality in 1998, and that is still operating today. They sponsor bisexual inclusive sex research, education, and they promote bisexual community. Oh, all right. So, you know, doing some good. Nice. Getting some bisexual promotion out there. Woo. Yeah. Uh, so this was first described in his 1978 book, The Bisexual Option. And <laughs> okay, I'm not a big fan of that name. He should have workshopped that one a bit. You know, but until then, did people know it was an option? I mean, I don't think people knew it was an option 10 years ago. I, I tend to agree that it could use a better name, but it's, you know, maybe it puts it out there. Fine, fine, fine. I mean, Klein, Klein, Klein. So there are, again, seven factors. So seven points. But again, it's not a scale. It's a grid. But there's seven of them. And because you have past, present and future, then that's a total of 21. Right. Right. Because each right. of the seven gets rated in all of those three columns. Okay. So Did you take any of these tests or did, are you placing yourself? I did not on this one. One of them I did because it was harder to see without actually going through it. Ah. This one uses, it's complex. So we have A through G are the variables. So okay. the seven variables and then past, present, and ideal. For the first five, and again, it, it's easier to visualize this. We'll put links in the show notes and everything for all this stuff. But the first five are sexual attraction, sexual behavior, sexual fantasies, Emotional preference and social preference. Oh, all of this makes sense. Yeah. And so for those, you can, when you're putting them in the grid for past, present, or ideal, you can say other sex only, other sex mostly, other sex somewhat more, both sexes, same sex somewhat more, same sex mostly, same sex only. So again, you're using the same kind of seven point Kinsey scale, yeah. but you're Putting that, you're grading that against a sexual attraction, behavior, fantasies, emotional preference, and social preference. Right. So it expands that idea a lot more. I like that. I mean, that that's a. This is very similar to pixels, right? Yeah. You're getting more pixels. You're getting a clearer picture. Yeah. So it's it's just kind of defining that a bit better. Then the last two variables or categories on the grid are heterosexual slash homosexual lifestyle, and self identification. And so for those two, your options are heterosexual only, heterosexual mostly, heterosexual somewhat more, hetero slash gay, lesbian equally, gay, lesbian somewhat more, gay, lesbian mostly, gay, lesbian only. So again, similar gradations along a scale, but defining it a bit more depending upon lifestyle and how you identify. Gotcha. Okay. I like that. So this is a lot more inclusive. It get, Like you said, it gives you a more holistic picture as to who someone is than just the straight up Kinsey scale. Well, even just adding the fantasy versus reality. Yeah. Because I think there's a lot of people who maybe 
monogamously married in a hetero or homosexual lifestyle, but still their fantasies are for something different than what they have. Yeah, absolutely. And just we've said it before, is that just because you haven't acted upon a fantasy doesn't mean that you can't identify like that. Oh, absolutely. Right? Yeah. So I do like the fact that it, and it includes attraction. It also includes emotional preference and social preference. Yeah. So, you know, that's, that's again, different than just sexual behavior. And so I do like the fact that this brings a lot more of who we are as people into kind of thinking about how do I define and, and what am I attracted to? Yeah. I like it. Yeah. All right. So. That one, I'm sorry. I'm a big fan of Kinsey and I like the name, mm. but Fritzy, he's, uh, yeah. he's going up there. Um, interestingly though, so Klein did acknowledge that this grid omits the following aspects of sexual orientation, age of partner. Okay. Differentiation of love and friendship in the emotional preference variable. Oh, I like that. Yep. Yeah, because that you could split that out. Yep. Uh, sexual attraction being distinguished between sexual desire and limerence. Ooh. So again, diving like deep down yeah. into like the nitpicky kind of differences in how these can be. Uh, and then whether sexual activity referred to a number of partners or number of occurrences. I'm not sure that really matters in my mind, but maybe for some people it does. Hell... I don't know. I can sort of imagine, I can see there's a difference whether, whether or not you have sex a hundred times with a single human yeah. or a hundred times with a hundred humans. But does that matter when you're talking about what your sexual preferences are? Um, because how the scale is looking at it is it's looking at other sex or same sex, right? So does that affect preferences if it's one person or a hundred people? I don't know. I mean, I think novelty. Yeah. Because I think it is a lot easier. Oh, I'm going to make one of those sweeping statements that people will at me. <laughs> don't at me for this. Fuck you. Um, I think it is easier to have more male partners, more male identifying partners, despite whatever your gender is, than it is to have female identifying partners. Yeah. Okay. I tend to agree. I mean, it's just, that's, that's just it. So if you are looking for, I mean, I mean, if you're you know, dipping your toes in and trying to see what you like, mm. you have a greater sample size of fellas than you do ladies. Yeah, fair enough. Okay. Don't uh, at me. Okay, no. <laughs> and then the other one that he acknowledged was omitted was sex roles as well as masculine and feminine roles. Hmm. So again, but it's it's taking gender out of like separating yeah. gender from, but I'm okay with though. that. Yeah, I think. But it has it doesn't though. That's what he's saying. That's a limitation. Oh, I see. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah I see what you're saying. Yes, and that okay. Yeah. So again, his grid, I feel like, really brings more dimensions into it, and it, and it does make it a little bit more dynamic. But again, it's not perfect, and like that, he even acknowledged that like this can be drilled down even further and split these out in yeah. even more categories if you really want to. So. Hmm. Um, yeah, so I thought that one was kind of an interesting one. I don't know why I hadn't really come across that one before. If I had, it, just didn't recall it, which is yeah. also very possible. But I did like the fact that, again, it took the Kinsey scale from 20 years prior, 25 years prior, and then built upon it, maybe even 30, I guess, ultimately. So, but that's, that's the great thing about research, right? I mean, you can take something that was done previously and build upon it and refine it. And then we all learn. And and I think that's something very important to tell people and make sure that they understand it is that science is not concrete. It is ever changing. Yeah. 
Yeah. Just look for more evidence and, yeah. and, and readjust. Exactly. And that's okay. Exactly. Um, so this one I did have to take because otherwise it was really, I couldn't see it. And it was like a 15 question test. Okay. One I found online. There's probably, there could be more in depth and maybe that's it. I don't know. Uh, the storms scale. Storms scale. Yeah. It's also known as the erotic response and orientation scale, Eros. Oh, I've heard of this one. Okay. It is, I'm going to quote here, classical index and instrument for measuring heterosexual and homosexual behavior, bisexuality, and asexuality. So it doesn't address all possible gender or sexual identities. It does not do well at accommodating people who identify as non-binary. This one was developed in 1980. Storms studied sexuality and erotic fantasies and wanted to address problems with the Kinsey scales. So similar to Klein was like, hey, we can do this better, right? What he was looking at more so was that bisexual identifying individuals engaged in as much heterosexual fantasizing as heterosexuals did and as much homosexual fantasizing as homosexuals did. So he seemed to think that by doing this scale, this grid, that he could incorporate bisexuality better than the Kinsey scale did. Right. And okay. this scale is done on an XY axis. You know, so you have like in math class. Yep. And so it's basically like homosexual to heterosexual. And the quadrants are the top left. If you're all the way up there, you're considered homosexual. Bottom right is considered heterosexual. Top right is bisexual, so between the two and that way. But then bottom left is asexual. So again, the problem here is that asexuality is viewed in this grid as a negative option because it's both negative on the X and negative on the Y. I see what you're saying. But that also depends on where you put your origin. Assuming the origin's in the middle at the cross points. Yeah. 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 And I don't think that's accurate. That's um, how it's, also I just took I just took this test yeah, while you were doing uh-huh, it. Uh-huh. And I am as close to the X in bisexual as you can get. <laughs> yeah, so I'm um one box down from that. I was like ninety three point something heterosexual and ninety three point something homosexual. That's hilarious. Yeah. What did you say that you weren't a hundred percent on? Um, probably I think it was the oh, there was some question I think it was like have you recently seen yourself in a long-term relationship with some of the opposite and the same gender so they're two uh, different questions yeah and i just put myself smack in the middle of that because i haven't really thought about long-term relationships with anybody in ages so i'm right here yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you hear that gentlemen <laughs> but we're already in one it's not like i took it as forming a new one anyway um so that was always just because i had i just didn't i put that one to smack in the middle as to neither way kind of thing on long-term relationships right. i mean i will say your choices are Double thumbs down, one thumb down, no thumbs yeah. up or down, one thumb up, two thumbs up. Yeah, it's not a very... It's not the most scientific. Yeah, yeah. It's, it, again, I feel like it came out just after the Klein grid did. 1980 is what it looked 1980, like. 1980. The other one was 19... Klein grid was 1978. Okay, yeah, yeah. So they're very similar in timing. So I, I'm going to guess that they were both doing research around the same time, trying to improve upon the Kinsey scale. Yeah. And so this does do a little more than the Kinsey scale in some ways. In other ways, I feel like it doesn't. But I feel like the Klein grid digs in a bit more than this one does mm. in my opinion okay i can accept that mm. and then the last one that i have to talk about is um a little more um i'm gonna say basic because it's not really like a grid a scale a thing 
I'll have to show you this one, Bradford, and then we'll have to try and figure out how to describe it to people. Okay. But it's the AIB model, which is the three elements that make up our sexuality, attraction, identity, and behavior. Oh, I thought the A was anal. <laughs> anal, insertion. Blowjobs. Blowjobs. <laughs> I, I mean, that might be. A scientician. I mean, that might be better. I don't know. Uh, so attraction, of course, is the person's capacity for sexual and or romantic feelings, regardless of whether they're acted upon. So again, we've talked about before is that you don't necessarily have to act upon your thoughts and your feelings and your fantasies in order to identify with them. Right. And so this model purports that attraction is involuntary and determined by your genes and hormones before birth. Okay. I can. Mm-hmm. I, I think there's a bit of nurture in there, too, though. I mean, I do think that, yeah, there's a very strong genetic component, sure. But I also think that, you know, what you're exposed to at a very young age is going to, is going to guide you in some level in how, what you find attractive. And, and it's, it can't, it doesn't mean that that's the only thing, you know, you still will find things attractive that you weren't exposed to, but I do think there's. I don't know. But think about think about school children and the. You always talk about the click clacking of teachers' heels. Yes, but does that that teachers' heel does not necessarily require a gender? No, but you would not be attracted to that. But you're now talking about kinks, mm-hmm. not a- attraction. Yeah. Okay. I yeah. think attraction is a much more base thing than a kink. Okay. A kink, I agree, is is be is learned i still find it hard to to find anything as only nurture or only nature i mean yeah yeah i i, I agree with that as well but i do think there's a strong genetic component yeah. so anyway, anyway that's that's, sorry, that's, a, that's um, another podcast i identity is the way a person thinks about themselves and how they want to be seen by others so how you identify you know okay your sexual orientation and we know that for many people that may not match their perceived attraction right. patterns and their sexual orientations. Being so, out or in the closet yeah. or something like that. Yeah. Right. Uh, and then behavior is how a person interacts with others romantically or sexually. So again, that may not always reflect your attraction and your identity. So if you're in the closet, you may engage in behavior that's different than, than how you would prefer to identify. Okay. And again, like you were talking about before, bisexual people in a monogamous relationship their behavior says that they're only having sex with this one gender, whereas in actuality they're attracted to multiples. Yeah. All right. So it definitely can, doesn't work very well with things like social stigma or if your attraction doesn't align with your identity, that kind of thing. But again, I do like the fact that it pulls into the, so the way that it's got it is it's got a circle for arousal, like a Venn diagram, arousal, yeah. attraction, uh, behavior, and identity. And then all of those are going to overlap somewhere. And so I do like the fact that they kind of, it takes into account all three of those things, which is really how we define ourselves. Yeah. And just looking at this, it is, like you said, it's a Venn diagram, three circles, well, two circles and an ellipse. I'm really not sure why they're all different sizes, identity being the smallest arousal attraction being the largest and the elliptical one for some strange reason. Yeah, I'm not sure about that either. I feel like just a Venn diagram of circles uh, yeah, would be just as good. Would right? have been just as yeah. as, as simple. Yeah. Or, or, or I'm sorry, a lot more simple and just as... This looks more planetary. Maybe it was like a astronomy person that did it. <laughs> that's that's exactly who it was. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it looks more planetary. I don't know. Yeah. Those are a few different models and categorizations that are out there. It's at least... At least I start in people trying to figure out how do we 
define sexuality? How do we yeah? What box about do I this? fit in? And, yeah, and how do we then once we can figure that out, then it's next test of how do we include everybody and how do we make this an okay space for everyone? Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. Um, so I did come across, and it's not comprehensive by any means, a brief list of sexual orientations. So okay. things that people can describe themselves as. It's like a field guide. <laughs> sort of. It, it. I feel like there's a, a lot that are missing, but that's okay. We'll, we'll start with what's here. Uh, and it's definitely more than what's on any of these grids and scales, too. So that's uh, yeah. also definitely room for improvement out there in, in this. Okay, so here we go. We've got asexual. So little to no sexual attraction to anyone, regardless of gender. Mm-hmm. Bisexual. Sexually attracted to people of two or more genders. Grace. I'm just going to say on that one, for me, it is people of my gender and people who are not my gender. Agreed. That is technically two. Agreed. Gray sexual. Uh, sexual attraction infrequently. Okay. Demisexual. Sexual attraction infrequently. And when you do, it's only after developing a strong emotional connection to someone. Okay. Heterosexual, sexually attracted to people of a different gender to you. Homosexual, sexually attracted to people of the same gender as you. Pansexual, sexually attracted to people of all genders. Polysexual, sexually attracted to people of many, but not all genders. Hey. That's the list. Oh. I mean, <laughs> I feel like they missed omnisexual. I feel like there's a lot that are missed here, yeah. Um, which I don't remember what that is, but it's something. Well, omnisexual, I would say, is similar to pansexual because yes. it's um, a sexual attraction to all gender identities and sexual orientations. So it's very similar to pansexuality. Yeah. Um, but when I look it up here real quick, this particular site, whatever it is, says that people who identify as pansexual feel attraction to people without noticing their gender, while omnisexual people recognize the gender of their potential partners. Mm. So I guess it's more like pansexuals gender blind and omnisexuals not. No, I, I think mean, they're very similar. Really, yeah. Basically, I think we're splitting hairs at that point. I, I agree. And I don't think you should be gender blind. I think we, you have to be very, you have to see gender or you're not going to be able to see the dis, how different genders are treated. Yeah. Yeah. Very true. Uh, and then if we're looking at romantic identities. Okay. So we've got aromantic, little to no romantic attraction to anyone regardless of gender. Biromantic, romantically attracted to people of two or more genders, or my gender and all others. Mm-hmm. Uh, gray romantic is romantic attraction infrequently. Demi romantic, experience romantic attraction infrequently, and when you do, it's only after developing a strong emotional connection to someone. Heteroromantic, you're only romantically attracted to people of a different gender to you. Homoromantic, you're only romantically attracted to people who are the same gender as you. Panromantic, romantically attracted to people of all genders. And then polyromantic, you're romantically attracted to people of many, but not all genders. Hmm. So that was just a brief list that I found along the way. I was On the internet. These, <laughs> I, I was going to say, if I really searched, I could probably find a much more comprehensive list. But this was yeah. just as I was going through looking for these scales and grids and things like that. And that was what they're saying is while they're the scales and, and the Klein grid and, and everything, they do a good job at trying to categorize this. And, and it's a good starting point for sure. And it does open up co- good conversations. There's a lot here that's not included. Yeah. And, and you know, to develop something that would include all of this would be something massive and immense. And you probably wouldn't want to take that test because it might take a long time. 
<laughs> we are going to go through every relationship you've ever had or imagined. <laughs> yeah, look, I think it's interesting that this is stuff that's been worked on for more than 70 years and there's still not a concise good solution that you fall into either the category of it's way too vague Mm -hmm. or it's so specific that you're the only person who is like that (laughs) (laughs) because it's literally you it's genetic yeah yeah it's interesting yeah and and like you said it's been looked at for more than 70 years now and you know we've definitely come a long way and we have a much better we understand some of the minute differences between different sexualities and things a lot more now. But again, how do you actually, you know, it, it, I don't think there's a good way to do a test and be like, this is what your sexuality is. Yeah. I think it's still very individual and you have to like self-select and self-categorize yeah. based upon you and your experiences. Also, because not all of your experiences, if we look at this, even the uh, attraction what was the AIB attraction identity and behavior model. Even if we look at that one, not everything is going to be public, right? Because you're going to have attractions that you keep private that mm. not everybody knows about. Yeah. So they're not going to be able to just look at you and say, oh, yeah, this is what your sexuality is. Yeah. And again, your behavior may be different than what you would do, again, whether you're monogamous or not, or your cultural upbringings, religious upbringings, all of that yeah. factors in. So. I do think that we still have to very much self-select and self-label if we want to. That it's, it's it's going to be impossible to look at somebody and say, oh, yeah, this is your sexuality. We can make assumptions, but we know what assuming does. Yes. Mm-hmm. It's bad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, no, you're absolutely right. And it's I think it is important to self-select. You know, it's, it's interesting because we being on things like RHP and Tinder and other sites like that and basically your sexual preference is dropped down to four, maybe five different categories. Yeah. And I think everybody has heard me rail against the bi-curious. I still say you can only be bi-curious for so long, but I am more okay with that term now than I was four or five years ago. It is still, I still find it immensely frustrating that if you identify as bisexual, most people will still put straight on there because of the negative ramifications you get from like, and, but I get it. Like, and again, I used to be like, I don't, I don't like that. Um, I still don't like it, but I understand if you're paying for a service, you want to get the most out of the service. You still might not be getting the quality that you might want, but yeah. um, Yeah. It's just, it's frustrating, Mm. but I am getting better. I'm starting to accept it (laughs) growing up. Yeah. Growing old. Uh-huh. Interesting, though, that you're becoming more accepting as you grow older. I know, right? Yeah. I'm clearly not a Republican. <laughs> um, yeah. Anyway. Okay. Any, <laughs> any other thoughts on this? No, no. I okay. think uh, this was good. I'm glad you did all this research. I mean, I didn't have to. It was a lot of information. And, and again, like I said, there were more than 200 scales and things that we can that are out there to measure and describe sexual orientation. But I just took the top ones that came up and looked yeah. them and. I got to say, out of these ones, I like the Kleingrid the best. I think it's probably the most inclusive of, of all of them that I looked at. Yeah. But I don't know. Maybe there's one in that 200 that's like some mega amazing thing. We'll have to dive in later. Dive later. into that. Something. And also, I'd like to find the okay. dumbest one as well. We can do that. I think that'd be fun. Okay. I want right. to know what the dumbest. All right. We'll have a follow-up to this later <laughs> at some point <laughs> the in the dumbest future. dumbest quiz. 
in the future we'll have some follow-up yeah 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 so uh have you ever taken any of these tests? And if you have, where did you fall? I'm kind of curious. I'm bi-curious. <laughs> <laughs> Join our conversation on Discord. To do that, you just go to www.patreon.com slash by the by podcast and become a supporter at any level. And you will get uh, some extra episodes that we've thrown out. And also you'll be part of our Discord community. You can also find us on all of our socials. We are at By the By Podcast on Twitter, on Facebook, and on Instagram. You email us the Adams of Love at gmail.com or submit a question to us via our website, www.bythebye.com.au. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. And uh, we'll be back we'll next week. See you next week. Bye. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Mm. 